0: ready to make the door swing, the phone ring, and the till ding. One of the best kept secrets in any community is its network of local businesses. Businesses that rely on local customers, foot traffic, and phone calls. Those same businesses that support your kids sports teams. Donate to fundraising efforts and provide the expertise to get the job done. But no more secrets. From the skinny lessons that will make you wince, to the tell-all exposés, these everyday people are doing extraordinary things in their business. Welcome to the Secret Life of Local. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, Google Girl, and founder of the Get Found for Local program. Today, we're going behind the scenes with one local business owner who's on a mission to get people reading once again. Annabelle Townsend is the owner of the Penny University, and as a bookstore owner, she has a very interesting story to tell, but I'm going to let her tell the story. So, (laughs) Annabelle, let's hear a little bit about you. Tell me about yourself and your business.
1: Hi, well thank you for that. Um, My name's Annabelle Townsend, I now own the Penny University Bookstore which is in Cathedral in Regina. Mm -hmm. Um, This has been a sort of massive roller coaster of an adventure uh, over the last two years because I was all set to open the bookstore about a week before they declared the pandemic. Of course. Um, So we are in the midst of very interesting times and uh, I think the circumstances that we all found ourselves in have lent themselves to a lot of people reading a lot more, mm-hmm. uh, which I am all about. Um, Absolutely. So uh, we we are bumbling along in Cathedral, we are bringing people lots of exciting new books mm-hmm. and
0: um,
1: a lot of good coffee as well.
0: So I find that really interesting that you're seeing people go back mm. to their reading. I have teenagers mm-hmm. and it feels like all they want to do is watch Netflix stream and play on their phone and getting them to do something like sitting down with a book. Like my, my uh, son, he looks at me like I have a third head. He's like, read? <laughs> Why would I possibly want to read? Mom?
1: Yeah. You've got to get away from seeing reading as a chore. And I think good schools are not necessarily the best at doing that, particularly with sort of reluctant readers. Um, I I'm lucky maybe I have an extremely unusual 12 year old but they've always got a nose in the book um, and the screen and a tablet and video games and everything else as well but yep. both my kids are very good readers which is possibly a result of um uh, their parenting I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh they've, they've always been surrounded by books and I think that helps uh, to the point where I had to open a shop to get them out of my house yep. um but uh huh. um There's a lot of good things which tend to be sort of catching teenagers eye. I mean, book talk on on TikTok is Mm -hmm. like an amazing phenomenon that I don't understand at all. Um, But uh, it is getting teenagers uh, Mm -hmm. to get excited about new books, which is fantastic Uh, as much as I don't understand it or i I made like one TikTok once to show willing and it was a disaster and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> and that's how we all <laughs> learn. exactly. Right. Um, but uh, certainly there's been a few like Netflix series as well, which people are getting really into and then realizing that it's based on a book <laughs> um, and that all helps as well. So however you discover it, as long as you discover it, right. Exactly. Um, it's, it's all good. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, I remember that uh, my, my mom in particular would always meet, encourage me to read the book first and then mm-hmm. watch the movie. And so I did that quite a bit growing up and I did the same thing <laughs> with my kids. Uh, and so my son, you know, when he was a little bit younger, so he wasn't quite into Harry Potter, uh, mm. but you know, a little bit junior to that. So he would read the book and watch the movie. Well, he was always so ripped off by the movie that yeah. there was yeah. so much that the movie skipped. Right?
1: <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's a difficult thing because if you made a book and introduced every single aspect in the book yeah. to a movie, it would be like nine hours long. Oh, um, exactly. <laughs> so you yeah. can't do it. And... It, it's always the movie director's interpretation of the book and mm-hmm. yours may differ from that. That is the wonderful thing about books. You can see different things in it depending on who you are and when you're reading it. Yeah. Um, and I think with Harry Potter, it, it's cause I mean, those came out when I was a young teenager mm-hmm. and it blew up so much in the UK um, probably before it did here as well Mm -hmm. and and then if you read them again as an adult you see completely different things in it than you did when I was like 14 so um, uh, it's you know Uh, and I've I've watched all the movies as well. I enjoyed them as well, but again, it's a different experience.
0: Yes, and those are the type of books that you can read multiple times and heck, you can watch Mm -hmm. the movie multiple times and you get something new out of it every time that you missed or you didn't pick up on or like Mm -hmm. a little clue to the storyline. And I just find it fascinating how she must have, the author, must have like Mm. had that whole thing plan <laughs> start to finish before i
1: she... i'm not sure if she did to be honest okay. um i well i i i've never written a fantasy series so i don't know for sure but um i i think you probably sort of plan maybe two or three books mm-hmm. and then it just takes on a life of its own um yeah. and a lot of um certainly fantasy, all fiction writers say that the characters run off and do their own things. Once you've got an initial idea, it spirals and it, it snowballs from there a lot of the time. So um, I don't think you have to sit down and plan seven uh, very long books <laughs> in one go. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That'd be one heck of a planning session. Absolutely, it
1: would. It would.
0: <laughs> so tell me what brought you to this to the place where you know now you're a bookstore owner. What's what's your background, Annabelle? Like, I... how did you build that love for reading?
1: Oh, all sorts of things really um i've always loved reading and i write as well um and i joke in that um Obviously, the shop is just a ploy to sell my own book, uh, but um, I, I'm actually, my, my background is in coffee, uh, I, uh, academically, as well as uh, business venture, I oh, wow. wrote, yeah, I, uh, this is a very, very long story, <laughs> um, but uh, in the UK, I did my PhD about uh, ideas of quality in the coffee industry. And that took me all over the world. And there is an enormous amount of very dry reading involved in doing a doctorate. Um, But once I'd done that and I would essentially written a book in my thesis, a very, very dry, boring, long book, Um, I I didn't know what to do myself because having an obscure doctorate kind of renders you unemployable most of the time and I didn't want to stay in, in academia so I started running coffee shops mm-hmm. and I had one over in the UK and we had a, a writer's club in the uh, in the coffee shop who met regularly and they were a load of fun um, we ended up doing nano meetups in there which is national novel writing month have you ever come across oh, that no i haven't it, it, it is it's coming up in november the the, the premise is um you have 30 days in November to write 50,000 words into a novel, and it's an immense task, and it's incredibly oh, silly. Yeah. Uh, you end up, it, it, you have to write an average of uh, 1,670 words a day mm-hmm. if you want to. Complete fifty thousand words. I was um, doing that math as yeah, you yeah. said. I'm, like, oh, <laughs> I, I, I I'm a I'm date. a veteran of uh, enough nano Rimos to have that figure in my head now. <laughs> but so, mm-hmm. anyway, we we use the coffee shop as a hub for people to come in and write their books and. Okay. Um, none of them were any good uh, I can safely say this I don't think anyone's going to get offended by that but the, the <laughs> idea is that you have you end up with a 50,000 word manuscript which you can yeah. then spend the rest of your life editing mm-hmm. it's just uh, a practice of getting it down on paper yes um so anyway we we always had a, a kind of literature feel to my coffee shop and mm-hmm. then I we moved to Canada um okay. and ended up in Regina mm-hmm. and I started a coffee Shop again downtown in 2015, I think, okay. um, and that was wonderful. It was also very, very difficult because there are a lot of coffee shops there are in Regina.
0: So many here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and um, not helped by the fact that I had a baby in the middle of it—not literally—but um, uh, um, we we hung on for a couple of years and made a nice little coffee community. And we also had this big book exchange in the coffee shop. and yeah, um, and that again sort of took on a life of its own but we ended up with a lot more donations than people taking them away again so oh, okay. i didn't i didn't want to get into the used book business because it requires mm-hmm. considerable curation which i yes. didn't have the time for um so anyway unfortunately yeah i i closed the coffee shop down because i just couldn't make it work mm-hmm. uh, where we were and sort of reeling from that I still wanted to be self employed. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I'm not good at working for other people anymore, sadly. (laughs) Me neither. Me neither. I am unemployable uh, at this point. Yes, (laughs) it's not easy. Um, But uh, eventually, I sort of got myself into the position where I could try this again. And I still wanted to keep my coffee background going. Mm -hmm. Um, And instead of having a coffee shop with books in it, I now have a bookshop with coffee in it. Excellent.
0: Uh, (laughs) So Penny University was born. Awesome. Whereabouts (laughs) on 13th Avenue are you? I'm trying to put you on the map. We
1: are right in the middle. Um, We are in the shadow of the cathedral um, next to Bodhi Yoga and um, 13th Avenue Coffee Shop and Seed and stuff
0: Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, now I know exactly where you are. Awesome. So who would you typically see at your coffee shop throughout the day? Um, oh, sorry bookstore
1: the bookstore and um, well <laughs> a range of coffee drinkers as well
0: um we we're very
1: cathedral focused i i think this is the the place to be and i think if a an independent bookshop is going to survive in regina it needs to be in a very kind of walkable neighbourhood because Mm -hmm. we get people sort of ambling along 13th Avenue just come in because we look interesting and you're less likely to get that if we were in a strip mall or you know that kind of thing so the location Mm -hmm. was very important to me to get it right um but yeah we we have all sorts coming in actually um and curating the books was um it it felt sort of very overwhelming because how do you pick things that Mm -hmm. people are going to want to read. And a lot of it was blind chance. I mean, we do keep an eye on um, all the bestsellers lists and the publishers mm-hmm. send me their top picks of the week all the time and things like that. But a lot of it actually comes from our community because we order in books for people who ask for them. Mm-hmm. We can't possibly stock everything everybody wants all the time. Uh, so we we have an ordering system. You just email us and it, we can generally find you what you want in about two weeks. Uh, okay. Again, it's, it's not going to be as good as amazon but um <laughs> it will come in in time and um when people order things we then sort of think oh that looks interesting and order yeah. a few mil for the shop so our stock is constantly evolving depending on what people ask for yes. and i think that really helps to kind of tailor it to our community as well so.
0: yeah <laughs> you know i think if um if you walk into a large chain bookstore right now, I don't know if they mm. will do a custom order for you anymore.
1: They can and they can't. Um, I I mean, I have been avoiding said chain mm-hmm. store <laughs> since we opened for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. But um, uh, they obviously have bigger constraints in that uh, they're dealing with a sort of national or international audience mm-hmm. whereas I am dealing with exactly who's in front of me at the time so exactly. I guess I have it a bit easier yeah yeah
0: well and that's you know that's why I'm thinking because a lot of people do prefer to shop local and so once yeah. they know that the business exists they will patronize that business forever. I have-
1: Right. so yeah and the the shop local movement was a godsend when we were yeah. first setting up I, th- I think particularly in the the lockdowns there was a much uh, a stronger trend towards shopping local and sort of supporting local businesses and <laughs> long may that continue frankly
0: yeah oh exactly I mean keep it keep the money in mm. the local economy I agree 110%. yeah 10 yeah. so mm-hmm. what kind of challenges do you find yourself facing in your business then right now
1: um Feed is a big one when everybody is used to online ordering, uh, and particularly when we had to do a lot of online stuff when we couldn't have people coming in the shop to a great capacity. Um, It's like well you can order it from us and it will turn up in 10 days if you're lucky or you can Mm -hmm. click on Amazon and it arrives immediately so it was very the the answer to that was having more stuff in the the shop that people wanted at the time so we had to be really quick on getting like the best sellers in and when people were excited about a specific thing coming out we had to have it the day it was released that Mm. kind of thing Um. so it's cutting down on the wait time but also you know praying that people have some patience with us. Yeah. Um but yeah that was that was a challenge. And also um I, I think our advantage over amazon <laughs> is the fact that you can walk in and browse and yeah. you're talking to actual humans we don't have an algorithm we have my staff members <laughs> who yeah. will recommend things to you and that that makes the whole experience much more personable and in, hopefully enjoyable and yes. um, but when you've got capacity restrictions and masks and social distancing and contact oh, us delivery yeah. that was Far harder to sort of get that experience. So, fortunately, I think we're we're over the worst of that, yes. and the fact that we we managed to keep going and develop it over that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can't complain about anything ever again, right? Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a bit of a believer that mm-hmm. if you were mm-hmm. able to survive business wise the last couple or few years,
1: I you could I, probably I, get I hope to you're anything. right. You know, <laughs> I I don't want to jinx anything. You I know.
0: know, me neither. Like, I'm very cautious when I say that it's like, no, well, it yeah. could actually get worse, but... La, 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 Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Um, okay. So, you know, let's, let's think about like tips for parents. Like how do you, we all hear the stories when our kids are little, you know, read to them right. and that's how you build mm-hmm. the lifelong habit. And we read yeah. to our kids and I have one like super reader, won't get her nose out of the book to listen to the teacher kind of reader. And then one, yep. as I already said, was like, <laughs> Oh, why would I do that for fun? Yeah. Now, yeah. having said that, though, I have to mm-hmm. give him some credit. One of the best things that, like, just my own personal opinion here for a second, in my own opinion mm-hmm. that we did was prior to COVID, we had purchased uh, e-readers for both of mm-hmm. our kids. And yep. when we would travel, didn't matter if we were going to the lake for the weekend uh, or to a warm destination, the kids would mm-hmm. take their Kobo's. So we yeah. charge them up, we'd load them up from the public library, and mm-hmm. they'd be good to go. So honest to goodness, when you look at the hours on each of my kids' Kobos, like yeah. thousands. So they yeah. are well, reading something.
1: That's it. And it, it really doesn't matter the format. I'm terrified of Kobos and Kindles and things because the yes. only time I get to read properly mm-hmm. is lying in the bath, and I'm terrified of dropping it in the bath. So <laughs> I stick to the paperbacks yep, but, um, been there, uh, some of them have curly edges yeah yeah um I again I I can't fault ebooks I would much prefer if you bought the paperback because I don't know how to sell ebooks <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah um I mean my my kids um it's been an interesting experience because my eldest just suddenly learned to read and there was no effort involved whatsoever on my part Mm -hmm. uh thank you teachers um (laughs) I I'm not sure what happened there but they just clicked and it works um but my youngest daughter she is she has vision issues Mm -hmm. and this is fascinating and I could talk about vision therapy for months if you wanted me to but um uh she It looks like dyslexia in that she'll read a line of text and suddenly the end of the words disappear or jump off the page or move around and it's so weird and it's not actually dyslexia she got diagnosed with something unpronounceable but it basically means her eyes are not lining up on the text properly and it's a muscle it's a muscle thing so we have to do all these strange exercises involving training her her eye muscles um however uh teach because she's she's just turned seven she's uh just started grade two and she should be reading by now but we yeah. were sort of getting through to the end of grade one and going, this is not happening. What is going on? Yeah. And um, it's not that she's not interested in books, but she gets so frustrated because she can't do it. And yes. trying to get over that frustration so that mm-hmm. reading becomes pleasurable and not something that she's really struggling with and getting frustrated with it, that will switch her off. Yes. And I found um there's so many like particularly for young learner readers mm-hmm. uh, everything aimed at kindergarten it's all le- leveled reading yes and I hate that I really hate that mm-hmm. because it's like oh well you're six you must be on level two yeah. uh, you know if you're not on level two something's wrong with you and that yeah. kind of thing and it's it, it doesn't work if you've got struggling readers mm-hmm. um so my attitude was, uh, look, I have a shop full of books.
0: Mm-hmm. Pick
1: what the hell you want. All right. And if she's left to her own devices, she will pick the things with pink covers. Um, okay. And She'll pick yeah. anything that she recognises from the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but if she picks a book and she actually wants to read it herself or wants to at least look at the pictures herself, okay. um, It's it helps to encourage, right? She's got some agency there. She's not being told to sit down and read this because I'm telling you to sit down and read this. And that makes all the difference. If you've still got a choice and if you're Mm -hmm. not ever told, oh, you can't have that, that's too grown up for you. Um, and the same with my eldest, I mean, they're probably reading things that they really shouldn't be reading at 12 years old, but I'm not going to stop them because I'm sure I did the same, you know, Mm -hmm. Um,
0: you know what, that's uh, exactly it. Yeah. You go back and look at what we read when we were 10, 12 and 14 and, Mm -hmm. and what they're reading now, what we were reading from a content perspective was quite a bit worse. No, what they see from a content perspective for different reasons
1: It's quite reasons. a bit yeah. worse.
0: And so, yeah, like it all evolves. Yeah. And, you know, on one hand, yeah, okay. I want to be somewhat cautious how I introduce concepts to my kids. Um, mm-hmm. And I do like the bubble wrap that I get to keep them in for these yeah. few yeah. select years. Yeah. But at the same time, they're going to go to their school library. Mm-hmm. They're going to pick something out. They're going to go to the bookstore with friends. They're going to pick something out. You know, I don't think there's such a thing as an R-rated book that you can't sell to someone who's under 18, right?
1: Not so, and I mean, uh, if they're not comfortable reading it, then mm-hmm. they will put it down again.
0: Exactly, you know? yes, I mean, exactly. So, um, but imagine yeah. the look on your face, Annabelle, if someone walked in and they're picking up, you know, what's that that um, movie called, Grey's whatever, from a few years ago, not Grey's Anatomy, the book about the man and the oh uh, Fifty Shades of Grey thank you yeah. there we go <laughs> so imagine if we had a young teen come in and pick that up you'd be like I don't know that that's what should be on your reading palette
1: to be fair um the cover and the blurb on the back kind of gives that away I think on Fifty Shades but yeah um I would discourage um them from reading Fifty Shades of Grey because it's terribly written, not because
0: oh, of the. Content. It was terrible. <laughs> I read the series. Like it looked yeah. terrible. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah,
1: I mean, you you know your own kid, right? Yes. Uh, and I I don't think mine would pick that up because ew, grown-ups, um, so yeah, they're, they're, I'm lucky in that they're still at the stage where that sort of thing is all ew rather yes. than careful you know yeah. hiding under the bed sheets kind of thing exactly. but um,
0: exactly. that's bound to
1: change sooner or later
0: <laughs> so do you have some favorite authors that you find that you're mm-hmm. stocking their books on a pretty regular basis some some I I'm lucky in
1: that I I have three employees and they're all they all read very different things so mm-hmm. between us uh we we kind of cover most genres um I I tend to read a lot of uh, kind of creative nonfiction. So sort of interesting current affairs sort of books and a lot of biographies and memoirs, that kind of thing. Okay. Um uh and that balance with a lot of very nerdy sci-fi and fantasy (laughs) Um, that's my jam uh and then uh my full-time employee nicole she's much more into poetry and she reads ya as well so she looks Mm -hmm. after those sections somebody else much prefers horror and things like that and um i did have someone who read cookbooks for pleasure um oh, wow. <laughs> he was he was a very good cook so um okay. uh you know even the things that I don't read much myself I have somebody who does know about these things which um uh really helps um but yeah I mean the the ones that sell well in my shop um there's a, a lot of reading local as well as just um uh as well as uh sort of reading the bestsellers but Mm -hmm. um we've had uh, actually sort of quite a few non-fiction books which have done surprisingly well in there, um kind of local politics ones Mm -hmm. um so that's been interesting and then we've got the giller prize shortlists in at the moment and those are super popular because everyone's kind of putting bets on what's going to win so yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, very cool. So, and I would think that there'll probably be some really interesting books mm. that come out of COVID and, you know, different yeah, countries' response. And I, it's a couple years is, away, I think, but
1: I'm be wrong. I'm not sure. I mean, we're, we're getting into silly season at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I call it that because everybody publishes books so that they're on the shelves in time for Christmas mm-hmm, yeah. and everybody who was in hardcover last year ends up in softcover this year got that it. kind of thing and um, so yeah there's there's a lot of new releases coming out and uh, COVID had the effect where everything that was usually uh, published in the spring got pushed back to the fall mm-hmm. and that certainly last Christmas there was so much that came out at the same time because everything had been delayed and it was all catching up with itself so I think they're kind of getting back onto usual patterns this year but and um, there's still a lot of backlog and I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of pandemic lit coming up you know and yeah, um, exactly. it is a kind of polarizing thing because one of my favourite books from the last couple of years was um, Station Eleven uh, by Emily St John Mantell, and it was actually written 10 years ago, but it's all about a pandemic. Uh, And, of course, books about pandemics at the moment are either super popular because people want to make their own lives seem so much better in comparison so if you've got the truly horrible ones those are popular or we want light escapist um fantasy which has got nothing to do with covid and people can escape from it for a while so plague books and covid lit is kind of polarizing at the moment
0: so annabelle we are basically at a time but just before Mm -hmm. we wrap up can you tell me uh what would people google to be able to find you
1: Um, You can just Google bookstores in Regina. Um, uh, We are the Penny University bookstore. um, And we're on Instagram and Facebook and uh, not on TikTok.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And understandably so. so. Understandably
1: um, so. um, You can find us on Instagram and Facebook quite happily or just come into the
0: store. Okay, that sounds fantastic. You are on 13th Avenue here in Regina, Mm -hmm. so... Thank you so much for joining Thank you me very here much. today just to talk about uh, the Penny University. I haven't had an opportunity to be there yet myself, but with Christmas around the corner, I will make a point of uh, popping in <laughs> and introducing myself. So that'll be fantastic. If you would like to be a guest on the show, you can email me at barb and above the fold dot live, or reach out on our Facebook and Instagram pages at above the fold ca. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, Google Girl, and founder of the Get Found for Local program. Remember, you worked hard for your success. Don't keep it a secret. Bye for now.